0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yes!
1: Cowboys! this, Cowboys!
2: is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Frisco.
1: Streaks in. Touchdown! In. touchdown. Has it. Prescott keeps it! And he it the touchdown!
2: And now, your hosts, Isaiah Standback, Nick Harris... John Mashoda and
0: Kyle Yeomans.
2: I hope you had your Black Rifle Coffee this morning, everybody. Cowboys Nation, welcome into a Monday edition of Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee. You're going to need it because there is a lot to talk about. 28-23, the final score. Philadelphia takes down Dallas in week nine of the NFL season. Isaiah Stanback is here. Nick Harris is here. I'm here, Kyle Yeomans. We've got Chris Beam in the back running everything. Beamer. And really, I, I don't know outside of a playoff game. Because playoff games, every play matters. It, it always does. NFL season, for the most part, every play matters. I don't know if I remember a game outside of playoff time where when we go back and look at this football game, there is legitimately every play is, was the deciding factor, or could have been the deciding factor. It was one of those games where the breaks go your way, the game goes your way. Mm-hmm. The breaks don't go your way, the game doesn't. 28-23, and there's a lot to hit on this. So I'll, I'll let Nick start things off. You were in the building at Lincoln Financial Field. I, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Just your overall thoughts.
3: Yeah, I... Uh this is about as as true of a game of inches as you could find in, mm-hmm. in pretty much any game um it, it had a playoff atmosphere from the very beginning mm-hmm. um i kind of wrote about it and uh, last night on dallascowboys.com uh Check it's out. it's rare that you get a um a playoff type feel in early november like this uh whenever the both teams took the field the energy it was it was palpable in the stadium uh it carried throughout the entire game and uh, it wasn't over until the uh, all, the clock hit all zeros um I I look at good things and I look at bad things out of this game and I think um, honestly I feel like the good overweighs the bad at times Mm -hmm. Um, but the bad is so... um it's so plaguy <laughs> oh. that it just doesn't it doesn't go away. Like there's some things that we've seen from this team that are bad this season that just continue to pop up. And just when you think that it's oh okay penalties, we they figured it out against the Rams. Bam, it's right back. You know, even mm-hmm. if some were just, some were unjust, whatever. Still being in a position to 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 be in those situations. Um, we can start with the good. Um, Dak Prescott. I man, I, I think the confidence level it would have to be it would have to be increased after the last couple of weeks coming out of the bye week. Uh, I think there was something that probably happened during the bye week that that allowed them to utilize deck to to his his max efficiency um for me it's his mobility once again i mean he was he was working magic in the pocket last night his pocket presence was incredible uh even if he was um, even if it did crash in on a couple of times he was still able to get outside and avoid most of the pressures that hassan reddick was in the backfield quite a bit last night as well as fletcher cox um we can stay with the good um i i you know Limiting A.J. Brown to 66 yards or whatever it was, um, I, I think if you had told me that would be the case coming in, I'd be like, okay, so the Cowboys won. Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen. Looking at the bad, I, I talked about the penalties um, Gosh, there's two players I look at, and I'm like, man, if, if even one of them has a better night, I think this ends up being a different result. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Jordan Lewis and Terrence Steele. Um, Terrence Steele probably more so. Uh, it was on that final drive, that's when it really became a plague, um, Terrence Steele. And um, unfortunately, they weren't able to climb out of that late hole, and they had two really good opportunities to do so. Um, you look at the Schoonmaker play and how just— so very close it would have been to to six added points there um it's a game of inches and you know i i know i know the officials are a big part of of uh um the dialogue this morning on just kind of how things went in that game but the officials went against both teams Mm -hmm. i mean you look at that final drive with with philadelphia there were a couple of calls there they were like all right you know it it evened out um i I think at the end of the day philadelphia was just a better team last night however I, i there was a lot of confidence in the locker room after the game. Like, it, it, yeah, they lost. Like, C.D. Lamb, he was kind of teared up whenever we first walked in, and then he kind of got himself together and he was fine. Um, but everyone, everyone, kind of had the same same view of the game. It was like, hey, like we can contend with this team. Like, this is not what happened in San Francisco. Uh, we were three, four yards away from making this happen. Um, they still claim to be in the upper echelon. I, I think they're very clear in the second now. Um, after last night, um, I mean, you have to beat a team like that on the road before I can put you in the upper echelon. Um, um, but there's a really good opportunity to go three and zero over the course of the next three weeks, home against the Giants, at Carolina, and then home against uh, the Commanders. Um, if you're looking at eight and three, welcoming Philly back into Dallas, then who knows? Maybe uh, maybe both teams are looking at the same record with what with what the Eagles have coming up. They have the Chiefs, the Bills, the Dolphins. So um, we'll see. I, I, I don't think this is the end of the world. This is this is not. I did not feel like how I felt like coming after uh, San Francisco. No. Um, I think this is a much different feel, and that's a team that they can beat, and I think that's a team they'll see three times this year. I'm proud
1: of them. I, I don't I don't
3: <clears throat> I
1: understand the fandom side of it where people are like, oh man, we we're really close and, and we hate the Eagles and we want to win. I get it. The reality is you've closed the gap that was massive after the first couple games in the season. When you got beat up by San Francisco, you were far behind. I mean, you're way behind San Francisco, obviously. You're way behind Philadelphia. Since that game, you have closed the gap in terms of the distance between you and those that are considered to be better than you. And that's the positive. right? Yeah, you lost the game, but guess what? I look at it like this. If you're racing against Usain Bolt, okay, a lot of people race against Usain Bolt. A lot of people lost to Usain Bolt, but guess what? Every time, if I get a little bit closer to Usain Bolt, I could walk away with my chest poked out, say, "Oh, hey, you got me, but I'm coming, right? I'm getting closer to you, right? I'm gonna get you one of these days, right?" And that's the that's the. <laughs> I ran a ten o two. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, like, <laughs> hey, you know, you ran a nine seven nine the first time you beat me. I ran a ten three, but this time I ran a, I ran a nine nine. I'm getting there. You know what I'm saying, like I'm, I'm coming, I'm getting close, and that's where the Cowboys are at. And you have to take the positives, right? When you talk about trying to achieve a goal, you have to have tangible goals along the way. It's not just you just all of of a sudden leapfrog from one side of the street to the other and and ta-da, we've arrived. There's baby steps that come with it. This was a baby step. You You took a team that on paper, you shouldn't be able to play with based upon some of the things that you've done in the past. The opponents that you've lost to, you lost to Arizona that had a similar scheme. You lost to San Francisco really bad, right? That's they were considered to be, you know, A and B, you know, A A one and A two, you know, however you want to look at it, San Francisco and the, and the Eagles, and now all of a sudden you've closed that gap. You don't get to play the 49ers again, right? Unless you see them in the playoffs. But guess what? Philly is a team that you look you can look at and say, you know what, we put them on the same level as, as San Fran. And if we're this close to almost beating Philly, that we know. Know how far we've come since losing that game, and you have to be able to take that as a positive. Yep. And I think you look at what you did. Yeah, there's things that have to get cleaned up. Always is every single game. There's always something that has to be cleaned up. Every single game. For those that are talking about flags, there's a there's a flag that can be thrown on every play. Yes. Okay. It was what ten penalties each team, I believe it was. Right. Both teams had equal penalties, so that wasn't an issue. Okay. You talked about the last drive. Like is Dallas was given opportunities to get down the field and be in the game. Decisions were made. Everybody's going to look at Coach McCarthy and say, "Oh, you should have." And I, I was one of those people. I would have taken the points in one situation. But guess what? Either way, there's pros and cons to each, right? There's yeah. always that's, that's the thing about decisions. There's pros and there's cons, yep. and you hope that the pros <laughs> outweigh the cons. Unfortunately, they didn't in this game. Um, but Dak Prescott played well. Your defense played their butts off, right? The offensive line has some struggles. Um, your, your running game didn't really get going, but you didn't expect it to because his defensive front. There was a lot of things that. What you expected happened and what you hope for happened, but sometimes the team is just a little bit better and that's exactly what you ran into last night, but you have closed the gap and you wonder why guys are walking around a lot more confident in a locker room after losing because they know we've closed the gap. It wasn't a question. Can we play with these guys? It was like, how close are we? Right, the last memory we have of playing an opponent of this caliber was not a good memory. Yeah. Right. So all of a sudden now we play and we, all right we've come a long way in a short period of time. I'll take that as a victory all day long, even though on on the record it says L. Yeah,
3: and the response was the exact same as well because they started the game with a three and out defensively and gave up a touchdown offensive or you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they were able to respond off of that, tie the game and stayed in it throughout yeah. the game. So
2: I, I'm looking at. Kind of what I said earlier about the plays, right? There were plays in this game that you can all go back and circle, and I've I've circled four of them when I went back and watched the film because of points that were left off the board, points that could have been in your favor, mm-hmm. or points that Philly tried to give you but ultimately, res- or, uh, I guess, reversed. I should say at some point down the line. Uh, I'll start with the two plays that Philly nearly gave Dallas, but didn't. They were both swift fumbles. One was in the second quarter. It would have given the ball to Dallas at the 47-yard line. Instead, Philadelphia just basically he grabbed it for a split second and then lost it again. I don't. Yep. I didn't know you could lose two fumbles on one play like that. Yes, swift yes. did so apparently, but he gathered it while he was on the ground. They called him down. That was one play, seven points. That's seven points. And I understand from that point forward it's a butterfly effect. One play happens a certain way. The rest of the plays may not happen a certain way. But after that, swift fumbles in the fourth quarter on that final offensive drive for Philadelphia. Yep. Almost, I mean, the butt fumble. The butt fumble, yeah. <laughs> Nearly the, the, the resurrection of the butt fumble. The It was the brown butt fumble. M- Micah Parsons had both hands on it. If he reels that in instead of just bobbling it for a split second, that's Cowboys football at the 30-yard line, and then all of a sudden you're not going 90 yards to score with 45 seconds left. Yeah. You're going 30 yards to score with 107 left. And a timeout. And a timeout. Completely different ball game. Three to seven points there. Probably seven is what you're going for. But I'm just going to stat, state facts there. You had points on the board there if you recover that fumble. Peyton Hendershot, non-touchdown. That's six or seven points left off the board. He runs one more foot into Schoon. Schoonmaker. I say, I say Hendershot. <laughs> Luke Schoonmaker runs one more foot into the end zone. And that's a touchdown. That's it. One foot. He takes one half of a step into the end zone a little bit further on that route. That's a touchdown. And then, of course, Dak Prescott stepping out on the two-point conversion. That plain and simple, that's two points on the board. And all of a sudden, it's a completely different ball game. Any of those plays go in the opposite direction of what they did. Four separate plays. I think Dallas wins this game. But that's part of it. Yeah. And it happens on both sides. There were penalty flags thrown late against Philadelphia. There were times when Philadelphia had Jalen Hurts under pressure. There were times when the defense had lapses. They gave up 191 yards to
1: Ceedee Lamb. And when you have penalties and you extended their drives. You know, I mean, there's a whole lot of that's that's there's a lot of it. That's a lot of it, man. And that's why you can't. Just put your finger on one thing and say, oh, this was the deciding factor. There was a lot of deciding factors, yes. right? There were deciding factors in the first quarter, if you really want to come down to it in that regard. It's a close game against two really good competitive teams. This is what you expected. Right, it, whether whether it whether, whether it was for your team or your other team, you know, this was the type of game that you expected, and this is the reason why why uh, they chose not to give up this game on Sunday to, to flex it sure. to a Sunday night game because they knew it was going to be a battle royale, and 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 it's awesome, it's freaking awesome, you know, and you look at it from the standpoint, you went in there, you made these boys have all kinds of question marks now. Philly is like, oh crap, all right, they okay. <laughs> what we saw against San Fran, that is not that's not what we expected. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. These boys came to play and then you left Philly beat up. You mm-hmm. beat up Philly. You left some of their main players battered and bruised. Now, you never that's never your intention to go out there and hurt guys, but the reality is this is a very violent physical game and you're going out there trying to impose your will and you left them lesser than what they came in. I thought that was a
2: huge positive for this team is in games against good teams, at least over the last 2 years. Yep. You've been the lesser physical Correct. team. You were just as physical as Philadelphia mm-hmm. all the way through, beginning to end. You had a chance all the way through. They were, they, the Dallas Cowboys were just as physically imposing as Philadelphia. Philadelphia took their lumps on offense. They took their lumps on defense. And their front seven, man, they get after the football, don't they? Mm-hmm. They gave trouble to to the entire offensive line. I know we talked about Terrence Steele. We talked about Tyler Biotis. It wasn't just those two guys that struggled up front. The, the offensive line struggled against one of, if not the best front seven in football.
3: Well, I, I would say Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith had arguably one of their best games all season. There were season. times when they still got beat, too. Yeah, you, but when like you look I, at I the think film, overall, they both got beat. I, get I agree that, overall. Overall, when you look at what they did over the course of the game against that defensive front, like the left side held up. Like yeah. the left side was fine. I'm not, I yeah. if, you, if those two guys, if all five play like those two guys, they have a clean pocket for most of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just wanted to throw that in there. No, I,
2: yeah. I'm not downgrading Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith, but I, for everybody that wants to point fingers at yeah. just one person or two person, <clears throat> two people up front, it's that's not the case. There were times when Tyron Smith was in the lap of Dak Prescott. There were times when Tyler Smith was yeah. missing a block when he was trying to get up to the second level. There were times like that, but from a grand scheme of things, I mean, that's part of the reality of playing offensive yeah. line. You have 90 snaps in a game, and I know they don't play 90 snaps, but just for the... Sake of I guess, uh, 60, an argument,
1: sixty-five I mean, fine, sixty-five
2: rushed. snaps. If you have three bad snaps from an offensive lineman, you're not having a great day. Yeah, I mean that's just how it is. It's yeah. part of the position. I, I, I could say the same thing about Dak Prescott too. He wasn't perfect. Don't get me wrong, but he played his butt off. Dak he had a good absolutely played well. You're not in that game late if
1: Dak Prescott doesn't play as well as he does. Yep. you relied on Dak. You he threw the ball forty-four times. 44 passes. Was it him.
3: you that said last week he needs to throw at least like 35 in this game? I, th- I think you had said yeah, that.
1: Listen here. <laughs> you don't want him throwing over 40. I can tell you no, that yeah. much. Okay? But the reality is you weren't going to run the ball effectively against this front. You're just, you're just not. Um, these guys are just too good up front. They held you to three and a half yards per carry on 21 rushes. That's what you can expect out of that. Right? So you have to throw your way <laughs> to a victory against this against this team. Their secondary is a weak spot on their team. And that's what you try to expose. Um and Dak went 29 to 44, 65, you know, rolled it up to 66% completion, no turnovers. Right? I'm going to say that again. No turnovers. Yep. Against a really good Beautiful. defense. And there right?
3: wasn't there wasn't even an opportunity where I was like, yeah. "Oh, that could have been bad." It was like with the one sack late where he yeah. was like kind of throwing he it around almost, he did, I was like, ah, no, that just him but but over, to, the, past, exactly, over, over the past
1: few weeks he's he has he's controlled himself. Yeah. There have been throws that he almost made that he decided to take sacks on. Instead of throwing the ball up in the air, and I super proud of him for making that progress, right? Because old Dak or early in the season, Dak would have just chucked it, just to, trying to make a play, trying to make a play. But guess what? He tucked it, right? He 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 held back. That was his instinctively. He wanted to release the ball, but he pulled back. He's like, no, I'm just going to take this sack and live to play another down. He gave this team every opportunity possible to win the ball game. And he's going to look back, and yes, people are going to say, oh, well, he, he overthrew he overthrew C.R. or Michael Gallup on the one pat." Yeah, okay, yeah. They're, every quarterback usually has a ball that they wish they could have back in every game. absolutely freaking looting. okay? Well, just to add to your point, who's the number one film buff
2: and somebody that was uber-critical of their own mistakes throughout their career at quarterback? Tom Brady. Yeah, tb I mean, you've told me that yeah, before. Yeah. I'm yeah. kind of surprised you didn't. No, no. To I am just saying initially. where you going with it. No. But, <laughs> I mean, but Tom Brady could, uh, I mean, across the board is known as the most mm-hmm. lethal quarterback yeah. in NFL history. Yeah,
1: cerebral. And he still had mistakes. It's just how it goes. It's how it goes Part man. of the game. But you learn from it. You know, and so, yes, there's a gazillion negatives. Yes, there's a lot of good positives. But the reality is, you guys, you gain ground you gain ground. So Cowboys Nation out there, I know you're frustrated, I know you're hurting, I know you got to listen to all all the little Eagles fans. You probably got to pay up on your bets, all that jazz. You take it, give your money, do your push-ups, you know, buy the lunches and just say, "Okay. I'll see I'll see you I'll see you in a little bit. I'll mm-hmm. see you I'll see you next month. You know, we we'll, we we'll, we'll reconvene on this, all right? Because you just took a huge leap. And now they're, yeah, you're back two and a half games. That's the, that's the sucky that's part. That's the big part. That's the part that sucks. You're, you're back two and a half games. Now that gap can close because your tough part of your schedule is at the end of the year. Okay? Your last five, six games, that's going to be a brutal. You get your mind right for that. Okay? But their tough part of their, of their season, they're facing some of those same teams. And that is right now. Right. So right now, so you have a chance to right your wrongs, get your mojo, right? Over these next few weeks, build yourself up. I'm not saying these should all be walking walking the park type games, but they these are games that you should be able to build your momentum going into the last part of the season. They have to deal with the fact that they're number one, they're beat up, their quarterbacks limping and gimping. Okay. They lost their tight end. He's gonna be most likely going IR, right? So they're gonna have to figure some things out within themselves in their most difficult portion of their season. So they're going to most likely get knocked on their butts for a couple weeks and then try to figure out how to get pe- get it picked back up towards the end of the year. So you're in a good spot. It doesn't feel like it, but you're in a really good spot. And That's why the guys are walking around shaking their head like, we're good.
3: Yeah, and I – whenever you – gosh, I had a point I wanted to throw out there. You also have N'Kobe Dean that went down in that game. Fletcher Cox was battling injury. Um, They'll be able to go into the bye week and kind of rest up some guys and then come out against the Chiefs. they got to go to Arrowhead. So uh, that'll definitely be interesting. But I I know I've mentioned it, but you have a really good opportunity, Giants, Panthers, Commanders. You go 3-0 there, then you're welcoming in the Seahawks on Thursday night. That's a a must-win because you're looking at NFC contenders. You play all of them uh, over the course of the stretch. Um, Beating them and beating the Lions, that— puts you firmly at the top of that second echelon and then whenever you welcome philly back in if you're able to knock them off then you you then we start talking about nfc east again you know um i i think it's very plausible to look at two losses for the eagles down this stretch that they have before they play the cowboys just with the uh, the amount of contenders that they have to go play um so i i really think we could be looking up in december and there's a lot of similar stakes as to what Mm -hmm. was happening in philly last night and i would be shocked if we don't see this game again in january the in January, yep. so you're talking playoffs. Yep. The <clears throat> the one thing,
2: I'm looking at both schedules here, too, but by the if you take care of business, you win the three games, and then you beat Seattle, so 4-0 oh over the next four games. I mean, you get a four-game win streak together, which is very likely, it's not, not a foregone conclusion. It's the NFL. We've already seen the circle For of parity sure. this year. It, it, <laughs> any given week, any given Sunday, you can go down. If Dallas takes care of business the way that they should, they should win the next four games. Philadelphia, with it being the circle of parity and going up against as many good teams as they do in a row, bang, 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 they could lose two games. And they could be, that game that you're talking about might be for the lead in the division. They may have the exact same record at that point down the line. Now, that's looking way down the it line. Is. And there's a lot of games left to be played before then. And Dallas learned their lesson in week three against Arizona not to overlook anybody. the Dobbs Dobbs effect, it's part of it.
3: uh, Tommy DeVito effect. Yeah.
2: All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to hit some of these text messages. Cowboys Nation wants the sound off today, and I do not blame them. 817-290-3298 is the Cowboys podcast text line. We're going to answer some of these questions, get to some of the fans here over the next couple of minutes as we continue to break down the 28-23 loss to Philadelphia in Week 9. More talking Cowboys right after this. App only available on select mobile devices. Message and data
1: rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you?
2: Back here on Talking Cowboys, this portion of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super-trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. 28-23 Philadelphia takes down Dallas. Isaiah, it was funny you mentioned that Cowboys fans have to deal with it for a little bit. Yeah, they just do. Just for a little bit. And I'll that's part it. of the game, part of being a fan and being yeah. all-in on your team. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you because guess what? On the way in this morning, mm. I, I'm stopped at a stoplight. I'm okay. driving in from my house. I'm at a stoplight and I'm like kind of I think I'm like rustling around I'm looking for my sunglasses cuz I'm about to drive right into the sun. And when I'm looking for them I you hear just beeping, constant beep 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 And it was beside me. Oh. And I was like what does this guy want? And I was like I was looking at him and he's hang it's a truck driver. He's hanging out of the the window of his car or of his cab. And he's he, I've got he's got his arm and he's like waving to my window and I'm like Oh gosh, what is going on? I was, I was like, fly. is something happened behind me or my taillights out? Like, what's going on? I roll down my window and he goes, Good game last night. Go birds. And then he honks the horn and it drives off. <laughs> that was this morning. <laughs> That's hilarious. On the way into <laughs> talking Cowboys, I
1: was like, "That's funny as that."
2: And honestly, credit to him because I don't know how he saw the shirt because I was—he was on my that my boy passenger had that, side. That boy had that eye. He had the yeah. laser vision. Yeah, I don't have any Cowboys. <laughs> I don't have any Cowboys branding yeah. on the back of my truck at all. Yeah, None. Eagle eyes, Kyle. He's got. The, yeah, he got the eagle, <laughs> eagle eyes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he bam 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 bam. Uh, hey,
1: good game last night. Go birds. Hey, huh? all the Cowboys. Off. Let them have it. Let them have it, because the reality is this game knocks you two and a half games back, okay, and that sucks. But the game that you're going to play next time you face them most likely is going to be the deciding factor for who walks away with the division title. Just saying, let them have this one, (laughs) let them have it, like let them go, like like help them. Help them like le- le- elevate themselves. Like, make them feel good about themselves. You did, yeah, you guys did a heck of a job. I don't
2: know if I want to do nah, that.
1: Do the bel- no, do the check. Pull the check. Good job. Yeah, yeah, you know, they're so good. If he
2: wasn't know. a semi, I would have cut by, him, by, cut by, him like, off later in yeah, traffic. No, you definitely would have got ran over. Yeah, not, um, not, a, not a semi. <laughs>
1: no, but listen. <laughs> I'm trying
2: look, to get here on time, guys.
1: <laughs> you got to take it. You got to take it. Like, they want you they want you to make excuses. They want you to make excuses. They want you to blame the referees. They want you to talk about Coach McCarthy. They want you to talk about, like, you guys got us. You guys got us. We'll see you again.
3: I will say I absolutely loved the environment in Philadelphia just all weekend. Like from the moment that we had gotten to the hotel to when we left the hotel in between uh, driving into the stadium. Just hate and birds, and not the not the birds we're talking about. Um, even a couple moons. I mean, it was it was a. Uh, you saw was, some, cheeks? It was, it was some cheeks. there were some cheeks. thrown out there. It was, I saw a uh, pair of cheeks. A pair of cheeks. Uh, two pairs of cheeks. Those I guess. Cheek us, that was awesome. um, but yeah, I was just like I was just listening to my music with my headphones on, and I was honestly just like relishing the the moment. Right. There was just you are know, your natural everywhere. born I am. I absolutely love hostile environments. You're it's a like, hater. I, I, I love it too, it. man. But like I, I'm looking at you, I just see birds, birds. I'm I'm like ah, oh, this is great. This is awesome. I was like, oh, butt. Okay, cool, cool, cool. cool. And I'm like keep going, another butt. And I'm like, ah, oh, all right, all man. Right. But uh, the uh, <laughs> the environment was so cool, <laughs> and was cool. the way the press box is set up in Philadelphia, too. It's like oh. basically right on in the in the stands, like. Mm. Like there's a divider, like there's glass, but like the fans are right there, they and every time you. the Eagles would do something good, they'd turn around and look at all those Dallas beat people, and just same same ordeal, mm-hmm. just birds and drunkenness. I loved it. Gotta love it. Yeah, Dallas needs to have the same energy when yeah, they, like, you need to come back
1: town. to the crib. Yeah. They gotta come to you. They need to have
2: the same. Energy all the way through. All right, we've got some questions on the text line. We won't hit all of these because a lot of them are just yelling. Um, and I get it. I understand it. Uh, this one's from Dan in Philly. He said, why did Dak switch the ball from his right hand to his left hand to reach into the end zone on the two-point play? Is that the end of it? I feel like that's – yeah, that's it. Uh, well, he he called it stupid. No,
1: no. I, not stupid. He's reaching for the end zone. Not stupid, Dan. Um so I'm not sure. how I, I do t- want
2: to go through that play though, because Dak stepping out
1: it certainly had an effect on the game.
2: But that's not an well. First of all, let
1: First of all, out. there was some linemen up front that got beat, mm-hmm. so it, he was forced out of the pocket. First of all, okay, and it wasn't necessarily his play; it was designed. Yep. So he was forced out of the pocket. So here goes your quarterback now getting out of his home. Okay, so he had to go out the house. All right, now he's out there, outside, and he's trying to find his way to the end zone. Okay, he's extending the play, trying to see if there's somebody he could pass to, and ultimately it came down to the fact there's like crap. I'm gonna have to tuck this thing and run. All right, when you are running at such a speed with such <laughs> with so much weight heading towards a sideline, in order to try to change directions, you have to put your foot in the ground at some point in time. All right. And then if you're if you're going out of bounds, you can't have it in your right hand and the pylons on your left side. That's not a realistic thing. I don't know what kind of contortionist you believe Dak is, but there's no way that he could even have an opportunity to score unless he switched the ball to his left hand and as his body now is out of bounds, the ball is in his left hand and he could try to swipe it across the goal line in front of the pylon. That was the goal, that was his game plan. As that was happening, it just so happens that he didn't cut his pinky toenails. Okay, and he just slipped out of bounds. And it just – it is what it is. It's bad luck, man. I mean, if he could have prevented it, obviously he would have prevented it. He didn't know. He didn't know until he turned back around and they were reviewing it. So, I mean, heck of a play by him. Heck of a play by him to escape trouble, get out on the edge, extend the play, give his receivers a chance to get open, realize that they're not getting open, and now I'm going to tuck it and I'm going to go get this yardage.
3: Yeah, he talked about it in the post-game press conference. He said if he had to do it over again, he would have gotten vertical a lot quicker. So, Mm -hmm. um, I I think the speed – I think it was Reddick that was closing in Mm -hmm. – I think it was Reddick. Let's just pretend it was Reddick. He said the, the speed of Reddick didn't surprise him. He just wished he had gotten vertical. Mm-hmm. You're talking about getting to the outside? I believe it was Graham. <clears throat> Graham. It was yeah, Graham. It was Graham. It was Graham. It was Graham. It was Brandon Graham. Um, he wished he had gotten vertical, just like cut in and go, gone. Yeah. yeah, just gone straight. That, that yeah. was, Credit
1: to Brandon Graham because he stayed with the play all the yeah, way through. For sure. He if forced a, him out of bounds. If there was a play that I, was, I would critique on Dax running, that wouldn't be the one. It would be the one where he tried to jump from four (laughs) yards out and got up. Oh, my God. At Dak's size, in my head, I'm like, Dak, just run him over. Yeah. Like, run him over. You're, you're, you're 235 or 240 pounds. Just run him over. So
3: he had talked about that play, too. Yeah. And that was his initial intention. He was like, I knew I could take him one-on-one. But at the very last moment, he I saw, I saw, he saw like, yeah. in my periphery another guy. Yep. And I was like, OK, let me try to leap for it. No. And he was like, no. he was like, wrong decision. Yeah, Don't bad get me wrong.
1: I would understand if people were disputing that, that particular run, but not the one where he stepped out of bounds. No. He was reaching for the goal line. Yeah, absolutely. His foot slipped,
2: slipped, slipped out, out of bounds. bounds. I mean, that's just how it goes. Yep. Uh, Mike from Boston. This is a good question. I, I'm
3: glad you brought this
2: one up. This is what I wanted to touch on. Uh, yeah. Mike from Boston. Can we please stop with the Michael Gallup experiment? Let's give Jalen Tolbert and Cavante Turpin job to split. Honestly, right now, Cavante Turpin and Jalen Tolbert have been better than Michael Gallup. And there was there's a couple other text messages that are mentioning both Gallup and Brandon Cooks. One said... They were on the milk carton this morning whenever they were eating the Cheerios that we talked about on Friday. Neither one of those guys have been here. Neither one of those guys have shown up. So, Nick, I'll let you start... What's next for Michael Gallup, and and we can throw Brandon Cooks into that conversation as
3: well. Look, if something happens with Gallup over the offseason, um, and he's he's no longer a Cowboy, I'm not I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying if um, that I, I, this is going to be the game I look at where things just kind of like officially kind of turned towards the wrong side for good for Michael Gallup because he had that very critical drop on third down. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that was in the second half, or wasn't in the. It, I think it was in the first point. half,
2: but uh, let me. Um, I can give you the exact time.
3: Yeah, and. Uh, you look at what Jalen Tolbert did yesterday when they needed him. You look at what Kevontae Turpin did on the third down and being able to haul that touchdown in on his hurt ribs and have the ball fall on top of it, um, and then Tolbert being able to do what he did on that next the, the, the last touchdown drive. One
2: twenty-five um, left in the second.
3: Yeah, so it was that final field goal drive, I yep. guess. Um, Look, Jalen Tolbert, if you look at the snap counts, he's been cutting into what Michael Gallup has been doing over the course of the last few weeks. And then after that drop happened last night, it was just like full, full full-blown. Like, all right, Tolbert, this is your opportunity. And he ran with it. Did Gallup still get opportunities on the field? Yes. Um, He drew that pass interference late in the game. That was Mm -hmm. huge, absolutely. He's still your big-body guy that you want to be able to throw up to. But, you know, I don't know. We're looking at reports this morning of – the Cowboys potentially bringing you Martavis Bryant mm-hmm. for a workout, uh, this would be tomorrow, Tuesday. Um, it's because there's a liability, that receiver, and they, they would like to be able to find a, uh, a solution to it. And if I'm looking at liabilities in the receiving core, I look at Michael Gallup first, and then I look at Brandon Cook second. And if we want to touch on Brandon Cooks really quick, yeah. w- what's going on? Like why, why can't he not get involved in this Clear offense? out Cooks. I just, but he he is clearing out. He's getting two and a half yards of separation. Like it's, I don't, I don't, I I don't. I'm curious to go back on the film. Is this a McCarthy problem? Is this a Dak problem? Like, what is, what is this? I don't know, Um, but we'll see. I didn't really dive into it. I was mostly looking at play by play stuff early. I I think
2: that's a multi game dive to go back in and really decide what's happening here. Isaiah, based on your intuition, what would you say is going on with
1: Cooks? Is that just a play calling standpoint? Yeah. He's the clear out guy. I mean, that's why I called him I mean, I, not to his not because of his inabilities, because he's very very capable. He's still the best route runner on this roster. I don't care how great CeeDee Lamb's playing. Mm-hmm. He's still the best route runner on this roster. And he's not being given the opportunities because you're you're there's give and take. When your number one receiver wants the ball, you find a way to get him the ball. Other guys are gonna suffer. And unfortunately, you brought Brandon Cooks in here to be a complimentary player, to be your, your, your number two receiver, and a really good number two receiver, but you're focused on getting your number one receiver the ball so much that you're not focusing on distributing it to your other guys to ease the pain on CD Lamb. CeeDee Lamb has 16 targets. 16 targets. Nobody's complaining about that because everybody wants to see CD Lamb eat. He got 191 yeah, he yards. Was great. He right. had production. He it. was <laughs> certainly he's killing it. But you that's know
2: that's
3: something
1: bro? we'll talk about later in yeah. the week. Because CD Lamb has it's been going
2: unbelievable. Crazy, but what he's been incredible. When, but what
1: happens when you force feed your number one? Your number two gets two targets. Two targets. Um, I don't know what you're talking seven. about.
2: Uh your number two had seven receptions on no. ten targets with ninety nine, no. yeah, ninety one yeah, yards Fer- and a touchdown. Number two
1: receiver. <laughs> that's
2: your number two. Yeah. yeah, your
1: number two target is definitely Ferguson. Okay. Which he's doing a heck of a job. Shout out to Linda Wells and that tight end group. For but, sure. Um Yeah, I mean B. Cooks is he's been the clear out guy. And unfortunately, that's what he's been subjected to. And and kudos and the highest of regard and respect to him for keeping it shut. Because I said this a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. right before the, his first touchdown, I said if this dude doesn't score today, he's he's probably going to lose it. He's going to lose it because he has been subjected from being a 1,000-yard consistent receiver to being a clear-out guy for, for CeeDee Lamb. And it's not fair to him. No. It's not fair to him. And if you were winning all these ball games, I, I could eat that. I could eat that, right? I, I, I could eat that. Now, I'm not happy with it, but I could eat it because guess what? The ultimate goal is to do what? Win ball games, right? But if we're losing ball games, and I'm getting two targets, one catch for seven yards, I have, I have a problem. I have a problem because I'm better than this. I'm much better than this. Not not only am I better than this, I'm open, right? But we saw this last year with Ty. Ty was open. Yeah. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't. Can he get open? Oh, he got. He came in this season late. Like he was open too, and he wasn't getting the ball. So this is not something that's new. It's just unfortunate. That Brandon Cooks has been subjected to being a guy that is now an afterthought, and it's not because of his inabilities.
3: I agree. I, yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm I was looking for his separation. Average separation, Brandon Cooks 4.3 yards. He's killing people. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, it, just for comparison, this is in this game where he had one reception for seven yards. 4.3 yards average separation. C.D. Lamb, who had 191 yards, had three yards of separation. The only one, only player on the entire Cowboys roster that had better separation than Brandon Cooks is the man who has a head start, and that's Tony Pollard out of the backfield. He had 6.2 yards of separation because he's coming from the backfield because he's a running back that's compared a to a wide receiver. Too. That is a whole nother conversation. There's a text message about it. We'll get to it when we come back. Tony Pollard. Where does that weapon get involved? How do you utilize him more? We'll talk about it when we come back right after this with more Talking Cowboys. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, tomorrow Woo! morning. 9 a.m. Central Time. We will be on site at Black Rifle Coffee Company. That's
3: right. Completely forgot about that. What? Please
2: don't forget about it (laughs) I did not,
3: sir. I'm going to show up here. I'm going to be like, where is everything? I can't. Please don't do that. It's like Beam. I'm going to run the show by myself.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, We'll just be hanging out. Uh, Yeah. Store opening up in the... Do we have... I said I would get the address. Mm. I never got one.
3: I I know where it is. Do you know where it's at? um,
2: I want to make sure people know. Oh, okay. Here we go. Uh, FM 423, Frisco, Texas. So, North Frisco is where we're headed. 15 minutes north of the star. Mm. If you want the exact address, 16599, FM 423, Frisco, Texas, 75033. Come get a cup of joe with us. Please. Please do. Black Rifle Coffee. We're going to be there 9 a.m. to 945. Uh, I'll get there a little early. I think Isaiah said he'd get there a little bit early. I'm there. We probably won't be able to stay late because we have shows to film right after that. that is absolutely, we gotta true. we gotta book it back Contact. over here to the star. So if you want to see us, come say hi. Get there early; about eight thirty is when I'm gonna get there in the morning. So, should be fun. Black Rifle Coffee in North Frisco off of FM 423. Come join us. Come hang out. Bring your signs. Bring your coffee. Well, we'll, well you don't need to bring your coffee; just get it while you're there. Yeah, that'll make it happen.
3: Purchase. All right, <laughs> we gotta tell John. <laughs>
2: He's, oh, not gonna, he's, he's not, not gonna talk remember. To remember. I yeah, talked yeah. to him last night.
3: Actually, okay, him. Got to guys.
2: <laughs> where are <the> guys at? <laughs> I don't know. John sitting in here. We have I him in a John remote. <laughs> in to get to that address, he goes, "Yes, please do." <laughs> yep. North Frisco. That's where we're headed. All right. Isaiah, Stanbank, Nick Harris, Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Lots and lots of text messages. I really wish I could get to all of these. Maybe not all of them. Like I said, uh, a lot of them are rants. Yeah, I get it. The but uh, the majority of the text messages have to do with two people right now. It's number twenty, Tony Pollard, and number seventy-eight, Terrence Steele. Start with Tony Pollard. That's probably a good forty-five percent of our questions right now. Where is Tony Pollard?
3: Um, <laughs> he is. <laughs> Where uh, is he? Look, man. I, I was thinking about this last night. He's a complimentary backer. And there's nothing wrong with being a complimentary back. He excelled at being a complimentary back last year. Wasn't he a pro bowler last year? Yeah. Yeah, pro bowler last year as a complimentary back. There's nothing wrong with that. That they need a physical guy and I, I think Rico Dowdle can be that guy but he he's not getting hard. the he's not getting the opportunities yep. which leads me to believe that maybe there's something going on during the week where they don't trust him to carry the ball as much um looking at the the carry percentage two carries for Rico Dowdle uh last night and uh 12 for Pollard that's back-to-back games for Pollard has had 12 carries um so I, I guess drawing back the load a little bit and putting it more on on the passing side and giving it to Dak but um you're looking at Twelve rushing attempts for fifty-one yards. There's nothing scary about this running game, and I think at, at, when this offense was at its best last season, and where it's been at its best while Pollard has been here, is a scary running game, and they they just don't have that. And you, you know, I, I I'm I'm always a guy who kind of thinks ahead, and you know, sometimes I think a little bit too far ahead when it comes to like the offseason. You know, you're on a one year deal, you're on a, a franchise tag with Pollard do you if you bring him back and you sign him long term you have to sign someone else as well because what you've seen so far this year you can't be you can't be okay with that at at least for me um they're trying to make him a downhill guy inside zone and you know he initiates contact last year he was not initiating contact he was bouncing around contact like he was making the first guy miss every single time last year and this year he's he sees the first guys all right let me put my shoulder into him it's like "I, i love you tony pollard but you're not that guy um, you know your complimentary back, who is he's your best utilized with your speed and being able to find little creases. And we saw a little bit of that last night. Like there were a couple of those seven to eight yard runs where I was like, oh, there's twenty twenty two Pollard. You know where he was able to kind of squeeze between the tackles, but it, it feels like he's initiating contact every time. I think yeah. it's a scheme issue. I think it's a a, um, a running style issue. I think there's a lot of issues that go into Pollard not being as effective as he's been uh, in years past. I mean, what you can you point to one game this year where you're like. Pollard was a difference maker. No. How many games could you point to last year? At least three. At least. At least. Yeah, maybe so, more. So, I don't know, man. Uh, that's That's got to be an emphasis. And that's a question I'm I'm very curious for the offensive staff to answer today.
1: Yeah, TP. Uh, <clears throat> honestly, there was a, yesterday was the first time all year that I felt like TP didn't look like TP, I guess, throughout the whole game. Uh, I feel like most of this year he has... He's been himself, in my eyes, just not given enough opportunities. And, you know, we, we mentioned this last, last night on the post-game show, the OT show, about the one-two punch and how... In years past, he's had Ezekiel Elliott to be the battering ram, right? He was the guy that was going there and be the punisher, and then they get used to that speed. They get used to getting, you know, they get beat down. And then Tony Pollard comes in, and he's the lightning bolt, and he's a change of pace, right? And he gets to catch guys off guard, and you get to run outside when you've been running inside, and, he, and it's just different. Now that's not the case, right? Now you're the guy. And, you know, because they're choosing not to use Rico Dowdle as the primary down back you're the you are the franchise tag player. That is the reality. You should be getting more opportunities than you are. That's the reality. But also the reality is your old line is not moving people off the ball. Nope. So there is not just a Tony Pollard thing. He can only do what he is given the opportunity to do. If he's not given any holes, there's a last time I checked there's only one Barry Sanders that can make his own holes. So You have to give him an opportunity. And I think yesterday was the first time where I feel like he had some opportunities and he didn't hit it the way that you expected him to hit it. And then I feel like he noticed that and he tried to turn it back on and it was just too late. They had to abandon the run. But anybody who expected to run the ball effectively against Philly, then I don't know. You must have been in the the Raiders locker room (laughs) after the game and partaking what they were partaking in. Because there's no way that you're running the ball effectively against against the Eagles. Not not in on the inside and you know it just is what it is, man. I mean, you threw the ball more than you ran the ball. You threw, you had 21 attempts, six rushes by Dak, which most of I would say almost all of those were were scrambles. Um so you're looking at actually like called runs, you're looking at what four, 15? 15 called runs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not running the ball against Philly. So I'm not going to put too much weight on the disappearance of Tony Pollard in this particular game, but in past games, absolutely, they're not giving him enough opportunities. But his average is sitting at about four, four and a half yards, if I'm not mistaken, in terms of his carrying. So he's getting the three point eight. He's at three point eight? Okay, yeah. They gotta get him with Brockmore. Yeah. They gotta give him a Rockmore. Yeah. Rock yeah. I mean they're trying to put him in between tackles. He's not an in-between tackles that type of back.
3: Absolutely not. He's
1: not. So you, you when you ask somebody to do what they're not, that's what you're gonna get. You're gonna get a shell of what you've seen them be in the past.
3: Last year, really quick. Last year, this this rushing offense finished eighth in the NFL, and total rushing yards this year at nineteenth. Yeah, they're not running the ball, and trending lower. They like haven't usually. they
1: haven't found a way to equally disperse the ball to all their weapons. That's where this offense is hindered right now. They are 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 fine focused on getting one person the ball, and that is Ceedee Lamb, eighty eight. That's it. That's who they're focusing. And Ferguson, guess what? Your your tight end is Dak's best friend. So He's the safety you're, net. Yeah, you're going to eat. You've always that position has always been the safety net. But the primary right now is getting the ball to 88, and they haven't which is found okay. a way, which is okay. But you haven't found a way to do that while still getting the ball to your other weapons. When you think about some of the more the most prolific offenses in the league, you think about the Kansas City Chiefs, right? They get their guy, their primary playmakers, the ball, but don't they don't still even know find a way. Top receiver, <laughs> I yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah, the But Kelsey, they disperse the, the ball to everybody, right? And you think about the Miami Dolphins. Now they got Tyreek Hill. But guess what? Waddle gets the ball, right? Mostert gets the ball. you got all these other cats. Jeff Wilson, Gomi Green. Everybody's getting the ball, right? So they're spreading it out. You look at the Houston Texans yesterday, right? I mean, they have four or five guys with over 100 yards? Four guys with over 100 yards?
2: Yeah,
3: something like that.
1: Noah Brown. They're spreading the ball around. So you have to find a way to get all your playmakers involved. And right now I think they're just struggling because they're focused on getting their number one guy the ball and keeping him happy. So you just got to find a way. These two guys that we were we
2: entered this segment talking about Tony Pollard and Terrence Steele. What do they have in common from this past year? They got paid. They were hurt and they got paid. So there's two things. I didn't. I was thinking the injuries, the the payment in there too. But yeah, they both got paid. Tony Pollard differently than Terrence Steele. Terrence Steele got the bag in a multi year deal. He's good for a little bit. Both of them are coming off of major injuries. Which one do you feel like is hindered by their major injury more? Here in twenty twenty three. Oh, if anybody. Yeah,
1: if anybody if I had to say anybody, it's T Steel. Um, but I just think he's got yesterday he just got beat. He just got. I mean, he faced Reddick, Reddick right? was kicking his butt for a good portion of the, the game. The Eagles have, yeah. one of if not the best, best front sevens yeah, in football. Absolutely. So I mean, you face a heck of an opponent. And to your point, you know, if you lose, if you lose on three or four plays, that's a bad day at the mm-hmm. offensive line position. So it's it's really not in your favor. Tony Pollard has no physical restrictions that I can see. He just has not had the opportunity to make those splash plays, and he has his little burst moments. But when you're getting 12 touches. That's not that's not enough, man. Yeah, that's just not enough. If twelve of those, if, if I'm getting twelve touches and eight of those touches is in between tackles, running into three hundred forty pound D lineman, what do you expect?
3: Yeah. Anything to add there? I, I think there were a couple of breakdowns from Terrence Steele last night that w- he just got out athleted. Mm-hmm. If that's a word, um, it was just quick moves. Boom, he was done. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was fast. It was fast movement. And Hassan Reddick, I mean, he's great at it. Don't he's get me wrong, but. T. still has shown in the past that he can handle those athletic dudes. He's got athleticism to him. He's got he's got the perfect tackle body to be able to hang with those athletic presences off the edge. And uh, there have been times where I've, it's kind of it's kind of worrying me. Um, and what really worries me, I, I was looking at up in the third quarter, he had already given up nine pressures. And I remember he gave up nine pressures against the Niners mm-hmm. as well. I was like, man, did, is this going to end up being an overpaid situation? And I don't think there's a conclusion there yet. I do not think no, there's a conclusion no. there yet. But it, it's 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 certainly in my mind. But we talked about this in the beginning of the week as we started
1: talking about this matchup, and we talked about how the offensive line doesn't get to do what they don't get the sub. No, right? They get no subs. Yeah, right? but no so,
3: offensive line ever is. I get it. I get them. it. But <laughs> I'm talking
1: about, but you, but you take that and you cover that. And our concern was that these guys have waves of defensive linemen. Yeah. Right, they have waves of them, so you're dealing a whole game with Hassan Reddick, and then all of a sudden they bring in Brandon Graham as a changeup. Crap, bro, I'm tired. You know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not making an excuse. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I'm worn down, and they're not. You know what I'm saying? So that's why we're talking about. We start talking about these waves of people. Like, even if you drop, if you have five bad plays out of 44 dropbacks, 44 times you had to protect the quarterback, yeah. and you, I was, I'm, I wasn't 100 percent for five of those. That's a bad day. Yeah. So it's not in your favor, and that's why they get paid. What they get paid to play that position, right? But the reality is, you played a really good opponent, right? Last night, he wasn't the worst one on the line yesterday. He was not the worst one on the line. He was the Terrence one that. Steele? Yeah, I don't think Terrence Steele was. I, I'm going straight to the inside. You know where my eyes went. Tyler BeHattis. Yeah, buddy.
3: I mean, yeah, but I I disagree. Ooh. It would have to be Terrence Steele. It would. I think it, I think his mistakes like were pressures. more. I
1: think his mistakes were highlighted more, because of where he's at on the field. But I think that in terms of like negating what you can do up front.
3: Uh, I, that, that's and what and, we're going to have to agree. And that's what I said. We don't have to agree. That's, <laughs> yeah. but, but, that's, but
1: that's where my attention was at. Yeah. And there there's plenty of times where yeah. Dak was forced out the pocket because of internal Pressure, which is
2: harder to deal with from a quarterback yes. standpoint, yeah,
1: right. And so I'm saying, like, uh, I agree uh, with Nick, uh, by the way, just because
2: of the the sheer number of pressures in this game specifically. But there were times when Dak
1: had to roll I out. I don't, dis- of I don't disagree on either end. But I'm saying that you're more impacted from the interior than you are from the exterior. And the exterior, the, the tackles always get all the all the attention. Nobody's looking at the times where Dak rolls out because on the play where he had to take off and he stepped out of bounds. Nobody's talking about Tyler. Be yeah. Nobody's talking about that, right? But the reason why he had to get out because Tyler Biagi got beat, right? Yeah. And there was other guys that were getting beat. I'm not just want to highlight one person, but like mm-hmm. those things matter, right? Those things matter, man. And the thing that you played a really good defensive line, you got beat. Go back, watch the film, get better, right? Get better, have better, have better technique, be have more sound technique. You can't really get stronger. That is what it is, right? Try to scheme it up. But you got beat, and now you learn from it, and you try to go back and ensure that it doesn't happen again. That's the competitive nature that has to be within you, where you dab dab them up, you got me. Next time, it's not going to happen, I promise you.
3: One last point on the offensive line. I think there's going to have to be a lot of looking in the mirror and going back to the drawing board this offseason on it. Uh, They Mm -hmm. can't – if this – front five plays the way that they have in the three or four games that they played together and they played that way throughout the course of the season and they continue to allow pressures and there's zero consistency throughout the course of a game they're gonna have to go back to the drawing board and i know we've talked about tyron smith and you know is this the last year he's in a dallas cowboys uniform you know whatever mm-hmm. i don't think that would be the only thing you'd have to go back to the drawing board on i think there's i, I think you'd have to look at all five and say mm-hmm. is this guy. The permanent solution here? Is this guy the permanent solution here? Where do we need to draft? I I think that's probably the biggest thing I look at right now if the offseason started today.
2: One last text message. Unfortunately, we don't have time to completely address it the way that I would like to. We'll have to talk about it tomorrow at Black Rifle Coffee Company in North Frisco. says, Hey Talking Cowboys, this is Josh (laughs) from Iowa. I'm wondering why you guys are saying it was the offense as the main problem last night. Some say yes, I agree, but let's be real. We needed the defense to come out after halftime and get a stop, and they didn't. Or the Eagles' second possession after that, after the half. Basically saying the defense didn't get the job done. I'm not completely putting 100% of the blame on the offense, but when you look at the way that the defense solidified and and held in check an Eagles offense that had been running people over,
1: I felt okay by it. Yeah, I'm not I I'm, felt okay. We don't have time to get into this, but I'm not I'm not well, first of all, we're not putting blame on anybody. No, We're, we're highlighting areas that could have been better. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um so and let's get it. Are there areas that. of the defense Absolutely. that could have been There's better for sure. the defense. But we're talking about negating a really good offense to two hundred yards passing and hundred yards on the ground. Yeah. Like what AJ Brown course, had went two nine fumbles, but AJ Brown had won nine straight games of 125
3: plus yards. Mm-hmm. He had 66. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, That's half. And if you look at the defense, they gave the offense two opportunities late. Yeah. They lost in like the fourth quarter was the fact that the defense forced three consecutive three, three outs. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and, and they
2: forced those guys to put the ball on the ground, what, three times? Yeah. And they, they, they didn't get the two stops out after the half. I get that. I understand that. Because they came out and they, they went right down the field, scored, got the ball back, went right down the field, scored. But what happened after that? Didn't get a single point after that. So, I, I, great question, Josh. Honestly, I'm glad you brought it up because... There are going to be people that blame one side or the other. No blame That's here. not the case. This was a team loss just as much, as much as these other wins have been team wins. Everybody had a hand in this game losing. Every play had a hand in this game ending up as a loss for the Cowboys. But guess what? Get a chance to do it again next week. That's right. Yep. We go, we'll break it down for you. Either way, win or lose, as we continue on talking Cowboys tomorrow. Black Rifle Coffee Company will be there at eight thirty. We'll be live at nine o'clock in North Frisco off of FM four twenty three. Like Should that. be a fun time. Come say hi. We would love to see all you guys out there and bring the heat. We may even try and take some live fan questions out there while we got an opportunity. Pretty How about cool. that? All right, that does it for us. For Chris Beam, Isaiah Stamback, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman. Saying so long from Talking Cowboys. We'll see. See you tomorrow at Black Rifle Coffee. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.
1: How about you,